I love to see people who don't normally get up here and do stuff, get up here and do stuff. Amen. Amen. That was good. We have to, we have to start putting in some requests for them. Y'all, y'all get a request list and we'll get them all together and we'll, we'll get that quartet just to roll. Two old men and two pups or whatever it was. I mean, anyway. That one will never leave now. We could, we could come up with the most clever name ever and it would never leave now that, now that that's stuck. But anyway, First Peter chapter number one this morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Uh, y'all pray for me just a little bit. I, I, I pulled a muscle in my back and I, or I don't know what I did, but I'm, I'm all discombobulated. Pray I'll get loosened up. If not, I'll kind of stand still today. But, uh, but anyway, and then the Lord this morning changed everything. Every, every point has been changed. Every direction I was taking this message was changed. I'm still in the same text, but uh, but we're going to probably get one verse done today, but that's all right. I think it'll be helpful. If I, if I was obedient to the Lord, I, that, then I know it'll be helpful. Amen. And uh, that's the most important thing. So, last few weeks we've been talking about, uh, as we've been going through this series through 1 Peter chapter 1, and the series is simply called Disencouraging Promises in a Discouraging World. And we've been talking about God's call to, for us in our number one call in our life is to live holy. And we, we learned a couple weeks ago on how to do that. We learned that we're to, we're to control our thinking. It starts there. And then we talked a lot about considering his coming. And by the way, uh, he is still coming. Amen. And that's why we don't need to worry about all that other garbage out there, those signs and all that stuff. Don't ever get caught up in that. Amen. We don't know when he's coming. We just live every day like he's coming tomorrow or like he's coming the next 15 minutes. And then we learn, most importantly, we need to, once we fix our thinking, once we consider that he is coming, then we, then we consecrate our living. We, we start to live like we're thinking. And it'll be a result of that inward transformation. Then last week we got into looking at some truths uh, that, that uh, I, I, for lack of a better way, that we need to consider in our call to holiness. Our number one call is our call to holiness. And so what's some truths that we need to consider? And we, we talked about some of these. We, from verse 16, we talked about this, that his complete sacrifice deserves our complete surrender. And, and we talked about that some. Then we talked about that God's not just our justifier, but we need to remember he's also our judge. And uh, we will stand in front of him one day and uh, if you're saved you'll stand in front of me at the judgment seat of Christ where your your works will be judged and for their merit for 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 their motive and, and their manner in which they were done and the stuff you did for Christ after you were saved that is and then if you've never trusted Jesus Christ then then you'll stand at the great white throne judgment and that's where you'll spend your eternity and uh, or you'll be cast then into the lake of fire where you'll spend your eternity and listen that's a place I want no one to go to and and so we're going to tell you the truth real early this morning in this morning's message on how to make sure you don't go there. And then, then we also learned one of the most important things that redemption and how it comes about. And, and the principle was simply this. It, it's not bought. Your money can't get you there to heaven. Uh, it's not bread. It's not by whose family you're in. and It's not borrowed. It's only through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that they're taking it out of everything. Taking out of the song books, they're taking it out of the, the new funny Bibles, they're, they're taking it out of it. Listen, if there is not the shedding of blood, then there is no remission of sin. And yeah, that's remember, it's all about the blood. And so today, as we continue to look on, I, I really got two more of these same truths that I'm going to apply. I called this part two because I'm real clever in my title. Uh, but uh, I got two more truths I'm going to add on, and then after I got reworking it, I will probably only get through one more. So. So we'll just see where we get. But two truths in our response and our call to holiness, truths to consider. So if you'd stand, we'll read a couple verses and we'll see how far we get this morning, where the Lord takes us. And 
and so forth. And again, just remembering the context here, Peter's talking to, to, to the folks that are under persecution there in Rome, and he's telling them, listen, don't, don't forget the wonderful truths of your salvation, and, and don't forget trials will come, and, and he gird up the loins, fix your thinking, start to live holy because of our great salvation. Tells us how we're saved, verse 19, with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And he told us it was God's plan from the beginning in verse 21 because it was foreordained before the foundation of the world. In verse 20, or in verse 20 and verse 21 is where we'll pick up. And he says this, Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and your hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified, I'm going to read it just in case we make it. If not, we'll just reread it next week. <laughs> Seeing that you, ye purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, grab this word, an unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently, he says. Verse 21 again. Who do, who do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Father, for the next little bit, would you help us? Lord, ultimately today, the, 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 the whole principle is this. Would you help us learn to put our hope and our faith in God and not in man. Lord, if we get real honest, many times we put it all in man. And man will fail us, as we're going to talk about. But you never will. Father, help us to see that truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As we read verse 21 again, he says, Who by him? Now, who's the him? It's interesting when you read through the Bible, this is important. You always got to stop. You know, that, they call that in English. I'm not an English major. It doesn't take but five seconds to listen to me to figure that out. But uh, uh, the hymn is a pronoun. You know what that means? That means it refers back to a proper person. The hymn there is referring to Jesus Christ. By the way, that's what the whole Bible is really referring to is Jesus Christ. Who by him, who by Jesus do believe in God that raised him, who's the him? Jesus, up from the dead and gave him, who's the him? Jesus, glory, that your faith and, mo and hope might be in God. So let's just hit this right off right to the get-go. I normally save this for the end, but can I just tell you, there's only one way to get to God the Father. That is through Jesus Christ the Son. Amen. It isn't your church membership. It isn't the Pope. It isn't uh, Mary. It isn't water baptism. It isn't your works. It isn't listen, uh, speaking in tongues. It is Jesus, 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 Jesus. You can be the most moral person that's ever walked the face of the earth. And you know what you'll do? You'll die and go to hell a moral person. Apart from Jesus. Hey, you can work, you can be one that says, I work my fingers to the bone. Well, you'll go, as one preacher said, to hell with skinny fingers then. That's what it will be. Listen, apart from Jesus Christ and repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, you will die and go to hell. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. And it's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, uh, and not of works lest any man should boast. Hey, we don't work to get saved. We, work, we don't work to stay saved. We work because we are saved. Because it's our reasonable service for what he had done for shedding his blood. And there's only one way to God the Father. Verse 21 again. Who by him 
do believe in God. Only by Him do we get there. Only by Jesus. Let me help you just real quick one more time before we head on this morning. Now listen, it ain't the Baptist way. It isn't the Pentecostal way. It isn't the Presbyterian way. Hey, it isn't the Methodist way. There's only one way. And it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. And if you're going to get God to God the Father, it's going to be through the blood of Jesus Christ. Who by Him do believe in God. Now, now notice what, what it says. Again, Jesus didn't just die for me though. And this is where we ended last week. But who, who do believe in God? But look, it says next. It says that raised Him up from the dead. That's the whole gospel message right there. That's the message you need to believe to be saved, friends. Listen, there's a lot of messages out there that people think they got. Listen, the Bible made it abundantly clear. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel, verse number 2, by which ye are saved. What is this message? We've got to believe to be saved. Verse 3 tells us how that Christ died for our sins and was for, according to the scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel message. That's why Jesus said, repent ye and believe in the gospel. Uh, you, that's why you can't say I've always believed. All right. You might have always believed there was a God. You might have always intellectually believed that God exists. You might have always intellectually believed in Jesus. But listen to me carefully. That is not the Bible word believe. Intellectually has nothing to do with it. The Bible word means I put my full confidence, faith, trust, the full weight of it. It means I sit down on this fact. And Jesus said, repent ye. It means change my mind about myself and my own sin and believe, put my full weight and trust in the fact in the gospel that Jesus died for me, was buried for me, rose again. That's the only way. Friends, you'll get to heaven. That's the gospel message, and that's what he's saying here. He says, who by him, who by Jesus, do believe in God. Why? Because he raised up from the dead, his death, burial, and resurrection. And he gave him glory. Amen. Jesus is the one that deserves glory. Not man, not people. Jesus deserves glory. Uh, he deserves all of our glory. That's why we don't even glorify, we don't even glorify the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, I came to point you to Jesus and to glorify Him. Yeah, that's the way God designed it, and we're just going to stick with the Bible the way He designed it. But look at the end of it, because this is where we're going today. All of that, because we're saved, because we believed in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, because now we can come, we have access to God the Father through the shed blood, through redemption, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now He says this, He gives us a truth here at the end of it, that our faith and hope now might be in God. Everybody see that with me? Our faith and hope might be in God. Write this down. This is the, the underlying principle for the whole day. I have a bunch of sub points, and we'll see if we get to principle five or not. But I want you to get this. Our faith and our hope is in God and not in man. That's pretty simple, isn't it? This, isn't hard. this is not, listen, some weeks I know I get theological, and we get down in the mud, and we, we get deep. This ain't a deep one, Amen. You just stick with it. This will help you today. This is, com this is what I call good old common horse sense stuff today. Our faith and our hope shouldn't be in man. It should only be in God. And listen, can I tell you, if you're trusting in man, it won't take long you'll be disappointed. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, my hope is in nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Isn't that what we sing? Can I tell you, man will let you down. 
Can I tell you, listen, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm just trying to tell you, your spouse will let you down, your husband will let you down, your wife will let you down, your kids will let you down, your parents will let you down, your boss will let you down. Listen, your president will let you down. And I I know this because you're sitting under me, your pastor dog on shore will let you down because I'm nothing great at all. I'm telling you, listen, people will let you down. If you trust in people, I promise you, you hang around long enough, they will disappoint you the same way you'll disappoint them, by the way. Because there's nothing good in us, friend. Nothing at all. You hang around me long, I promise you, I'll disappoint you. Amen. And I hang around you long enough, I promise you'll disappoint me too. That's just the way it is. That's why we don't put our trust in people. We don't put our trust in man. We put our trust in God and God alone. Listen, when you trust God, you trust in man. One one man said this, when I trust a man, I get what man can do. Amen. But when I trust in God, I get what God can do. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that what we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Proverbs 146 verse 4 says this, Happy is he, the God of Jacob, for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is he whose, Lord is, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Hey, take a, take a second with me. Grab your Bible. Hold your spot because we'll come back to this one verse. But I want you to come back for just a moment. If you could do this, I'll get you to flip while we're doing it. But if you could do this, this is an exercise that would be fun to do sometimes. If you got a lot of time, you know. Have somebody start the back of the Bible. And somebody start the front of the Bible. And then count verses. You know, if you did that, all the way through the Bible, and you get closer and closer, so one's coming from the back, everybody with me? One's coming from the front. You did that, you would eventually find the middle verse of the Bible is this. And it completely supports what I'm saying today. Psalm 118, verse number 8. Look it up real quick. Turn, turn there real quick. Psalm 118 and verse number 8. That's where it would take you, right to the middle of the Bible. Can I tell you, it's not only the... It's not only a great verse to support the point I'm making, it's a great verse to support our entire life. This is a life principle here. Psalm 118 and verse number 8. If you could count verses from the back and verses from the front, you would end up right there. That would be the same amount of verses after it, same amount of verses before it. The middle verse of the Bible tells us exactly the theme, not really only of of the Word of God, but really the theme of this point as well. And look what it says. It says, it is better to what? Trust in the Lord than to put confidence in who? Man. That's exactly the point this morning. Listen, our faith and our hope needs to be in God and not in man. I'm not trusting the White House, amen? I don't care if it's a donkey or an elephant. I ain't trusting either one of them, amen? My faith and my hope isn't in, in, isn't in Washington, D.C. My faith and hope is not in a person. And my faith and hope is in the God that's above all that. Now, let me give you a couple reasons, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go. Uh, here, here's some reasons. We need to put our faith and our hope in God and not in man. Uh, number one, write this down. Man will change, but God never will. Man will change, but God never will. How many of you know somebody that's changed? Some some of us know some folks that changed for the good, amen? Some of us know some folks that didn't change for the good at all, did they? Went the wrong direction, and and that happens all the time. Many times they change for the worse. Listen, 
Lives change, people change, seasons change, but we got a God in heaven who never changes. Isn't that wonderful? Think about this. Malachi 3, 6 says, he said, for I am the Lord and I change not. He, he's a sure God. He's a steady God. He's a, always the same God. That's the kind of God we serve this morning. Listen, and you put your fo faith and your hope in Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always the same because he never changes. Man's going to change on you, but God never will. Thank God for that. Write this one down as we continue. You got to write fast this morning. We got, we got more sub points and then uh, I don't know. I'll stop. <laughs> Uh, but man will lie, but God cannot lie. Man will lie, but God cannot lie. You notice something? I want, oh, I'm going I'm to offend somebody real quick, but that's all right. God, God's word's going to do it, not me. I'm going to say it smiling. <laughs> you know this? We all lie. <laughs> we were born liars. You said, not me. You don't know me that well, preacher. Uh, we even lie sometimes when we don't want to lie. The Bible says this, Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a what? Liar. Y'all know why? Because God is true and we're just a bunch of liars. That's why he's saying it. Hey, now, uh, we were born lying. Listen to what the psalmist said. Uh, he said, we came out of our mother's wombs lying. And Psalm 116, verse 11 says, all men are liars. Men will lie, but I want to tell you this. God, sometimes inadvertently, sometimes I'm aware of it, but I'm telling you, God will not lie. Titus 1, 2, in the hope of eternal life, which God, you know what the next part says? That cannot lie, promised before the world began. I'm going to tell you what, we got a God, I'm telling you what, he is always truthful, he's always, tr he's always dead on, he never lies, he never changes, that's why we put our faith and hope in him. But not only will people lie to you, we can go a little further than that. People will lie on you, too. Uh -huh. I, I, thought, I might get some amens there. I wasn't looking for them, but I thought I might. You know, there's just some people that aren't happy unless they're lying. You ever met someone like that? There's some that take their role as a child of the devil a little too serious. Amen. You said, what do you mean by that? Remember what John 8:44 said this? Ye are of your father the devil, the lust of the father you would do. He's a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. They take their role too serious. Listen, I've been lied on, I've been lied about, my character's been attacked. And if you've been lied more than about 10 days, so is yours. Amen. That's why we don't put our faith in man. We put our faith and our hope in God. Because God will never lie. Isn't that good news today? Look at number three. Man is always faithful. I'm, did you get that? Because I didn't say that right, did I? By the way, I said something wrong last week. I, was listening, I don't listen to myself very much. But listen, I said a thousand and seven days the first time. I'm glad I corrected about 18 times later, but I didn't even know I said it. By the way, it's a thousand and seven years we know before he comes back. But, but man is not always faithful. But God is what? Faithful. God is faithful. Even the best of man, listen to me carefully now, even the best, with the best of intentions will sometimes fail to be faithful. You ever been failed to be faithful in some area of your life? We all have. We get real honest, right? But God never will. God never will. Listen to Psalm 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases. For the faithful fail from among the children of man. 
Praise God, God's not like that. Take your Bibles, look, flip real quick. Lamentations 3, verse 22, give you something to do here. Lamentations 3, verse number 22. We sing this as a song, it's a wonderful verse. And, uh, I love grabbing these verses. While you're flipping there, let me read to you Deuteronomy 7, 9. It says this, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, and He's the faithful God. Praise God, our God's faithful. In Lamentations, uh, Jeremiah is writing the weeping prophet here, and he tells us this verse, you know, you know it well, and tells us about his mercies, uh, fail not his compassions, how they're renewed every single day, and thank God for that, that his compassion, his mercies, they're new every single day, every single morning. But then you get to the end of verse 23, and Listen to what he says as he's, as he's praising God Almighty. He ends it this way. He says, great is thy what? Faithfulness. Now, don't we sing that? See, that, listen, there's some good songs out there. You need to think about them when we sing them. Great is thy faithfulness. Boy, that, that makes it come alive when we realize God is always faithful, even though man's not. God will never lie. Hey, God's always the same. God's always faithful. That's why we put our trust in God, not in man. Write this one down. Man will quit you, but God is a finisher. God is a finisher. Man will quit on you, but God is a finisher. How many of you know somebody's quit? Say, quit what? I didn't, I didn't put anything behind it. Anything. How many of you know somebody's quit? Uh, we probably all do, amen. I mean, maybe it's quitting their team. Maybe it's quitting their job. Maybe it's quitting their marriage. Maybe it's quitting their church, quitting their responsibilities as parents. Quitting, you, you fill it in. Quitting their family. Quitting serving the Lord. We've, listen, we've raised a generation of quitters. Now I'm going to really get some folks upset with me, but y'all just hang on. We've raised a generation of soft people. Can I meddle for a second? I like to tell you when I'm leaving Scripture, I want to meddle for a second. I'm meddling. You're getting, you're getting your pastor's opinion for a moment. It ain't worth any more than yours. Amen. When I got God's word, I'll stand on it with authority. When I'm telling you my opinion, it's just my opinion. I, I like to preface it with that. Here's my opinion. You want to know how we've raised a lot of soft ones? Participation trophies. If a half of you amen in it, half of you saying, I don't like this guy anymore. When I grew up, you got a trophy if you won. If you lost, you suck up your wounds, you went home, you worked harder, you showed up next time to try to kick their butt and win. <laughs> now everybody gets a trophy. Look what it leads to. We got a generation of millennials now. It's gone from my participation trophy to now I'm going to hold up a sign and you need to feed me. I told you I was going to meddle a little bit. My Bible still says man won't work, shouldn't he? I'm, I'm, I'm right back in the Bible right now. You can't get mad at me now. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have raised a generation of quitters. Hey, if you lose, guess what? That's a good life lesson. Because I'm going to tell you what, you're going to lose a lot in life. Amen. You're going to fail a lot in life. This idea, everybody's a winner, everybody, everybody ain't a winner, amen? There's only one winner, as my dad said, second place, when I used to drive a race car, it's just a first loser, that's all that is, son. I come out feeling good, I passed 20 cars, I went from 21st to second, dad, man, if I only had four more laps, all oh, you are is a first loser, kid, that's all you tell me. 
Well, give me a participation trophy. <laughs> then it leads to everybody feed me, everybody take care of me. I'm not going to do anything. Self-esteem. What we need is a whole lot more Savior esteem. By the God, way, the God who created all matter tells you you're mad. You matter. Amen. That's good enough for me. Amen. I'm telling you what, man will quit. I've had people through the years, some come in, some right away don't like me and we don't ever see them again. Amen. But, but some come in and some come in, I'm telling you, man, I like it. I like it. You're preaching, I like this, I like that. And I'm going to tell you what, I got your back, Pastor. I'm with you. And I mean, I'll go as far as you, you ever heard the old expression, I'll take a bullet for you, right? <laughs> I heard one preacher one time say this. He said, you know, some of the folks that talking about something similar, he said, some of the folks like that that, uh, that used to, I mean, had my back, was right there with me, I couldn't find them today with a pack of bloodhounds and an FBI agent. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm less worried about them taking a bullet for me and taking a bullet to me. Amen. Because <laughs> people will quit. Listen, man will quit on you, but God doesn't quit. He finishes stuff in our lives, and I'm thankful for that. Listen, when, God walk, when man walks out, God's going to walk right on in. Listen to Hebrews 12, verse number 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the what? Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God on the throne of God. I want to tell you this. Listen, I'm glad Jesus didn't quit. He went all the way. He said to tell us that it is finished. He shed his blood. He took the beating you and I deserve. He went down to that grave for three days. He rose from the dead. He's right at the right hand of the Father waiting for God to say, go get my church. And listen, he could come any moment, any time. And I'm looking forward to that day. And Jesus didn't quit then. He ain't going to quit now. Amen. You and I sometimes are quitters. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you, will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Man will quit you, but God is a finisher. That's why we put our faith and our hope in God and not in man. Let me give you this one. Man has limited knowledge. God has all knowledge. Man has limited knowledge, but God has all knowledge. Flip with me real quick in your Bible. I know this is a little different message today. We're going to flip around a little bit, but look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I love this passage. I got a message that just about any time somebody allows me to do a multi-day revival, how dumb are they? Amen. But uh, <laughs> I got a message that I almost always preach out of Psalm 139 here about our wonderful God. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that think they know it all. Y'all run into them, right? They call them brother know-it-all and sister flapjaws, right? <laughs> Can I say this? I want to say this carefully, reverently, respectfully. Man don't know it all. Man's not a know-it-all. I don't know, this might not say it right. Maybe I shouldn't say it. But God is a know-it-all. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I don't mean that in the way we use it. God does know all. He knows all things. Read with me. Psalm 139. O Lord, David writes here. Verse 1. Thou hast searched me and, what's that next word? Known me. 
Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset behind me and before me laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, David said. It is high, I cannot attain it. He's saying, listen, Lord, you know everything I think, everything I say, everything I, everywhere I go, everywhere I've been, everything I do. And you know everything that I might even do if I did, if I made a different decision. You know everything. God is a know-it-all. Praise God that we don't know much. That's why when we go to advice, if you were here on Wednesday night, you, you heard a whole message on how to, who we go, the type of characteristics we need to seek counsel from, from man. It was always this. The underlying principle to everything we covered Wednesday night was simply this. It was somebody who was going to get the answer here and not here. And not from Google. Somebody say amen there. Certainly not from Facebook. <laughs> but from the word of God. Because man has limited knowledge, but God knows it all. Revelation 1.8, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. He's the first letter of the Greek alphabet, the ending letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, it means he's, he's the beginning, he's the end, and everything in between. He knows each and everything. He knows all. God knows all. I'm learning this. The older I get, I got to spend some time with my parents yesterday. I'm learning this. The older I get, the smarter they're come, becoming. Y'all know that? They're finally getting. <laughs> and the dumber I'm becoming. Uh, that, that's for sure. But they don't know it all. I don't know it all. But I serve a God who does. And my faith and my hope needs to be in God who knows it all. Write this one down. Maybe we'll be done. We'll get out early. How about that? Y'all believe that? No. You got the ab lib part, right? <laughs> yeah. Man forgets his promises. But God always fulfills his promises. Man forgets his promises. But God always fulfills his promises. Have you ever broken a promise? I mean, maybe maybe even not even trying to. You know what I mean? There's a lot of times we make promises, and we make them with, I mean, really good intentions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but we often fail. Don't come through on that particular promise. The Bible talks about that principle. I'll give you an illustration here in a second. But it says this in Proverbs 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You ever heard that verse? No. I got to thinking about my kids. And, and I, I tried hard when they were young. To, if I promised I'm going to do something, I tried hard to do it. But you know what? There were some times, number one, sometimes I was just dumb and I forgot. You ever, ever happened to you? Sometimes, and probably more likely than the dumbness, no, it's probably not more likely, but anyway, more likely than to forgetting it. Uh, I got a call. Somebody else's emergency some, somehow becomes my priority, right? It's even for a pastor, and I work in business. It works every job. I'm not just saying it as a pastor. Y'all with me? And then I, I couldn't get there to do what I said I'd do. Hey, we'll throw a ball tonight when I get home. But then I get home after dark. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We've all done that, right? We've all made some promises like that that we... Somehow, we had best intentions of keeping, had a meeting that ran long, whatever. You just didn't come through. And I thought about that verse, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, 
and I remember on the other side, I've been on the other side of that too. Someone promised me we'd do this or that, and, and I'm pretty excited about it. You ever get excited about something like that? And boom, boom, boom. Then you get that call, I can't. You know, and it's like, oh. and you feel, oh. is that a word? Oh. I don't know how to spell it, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Oh. <laughs> and you, you get that, that's what the Bible's talking about. Hope, hope, I can, I can remember, you know, as a, as a kid, somebody, my dad maybe promised me something, and hope, 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 oh, he can't come get me this weekend, I'm going to have to stay at mom's, not that staying at mom's is bad, but I was hoping to go with dad when they can't, hope, 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 hope deferred, and then what's it make us feel like, mm-hmm. kind of sick, and that's the thing, that, man will do that to you, because we sometimes forget promises, we sometimes just get tied up and don't come through in something, promises, and when you, Trust in something that doesn't come through. The Bible says it makes us sick. But praise God, God always fulfills his promises. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, For the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Second Corinthians 7.1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all Filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Ties right back to Peter there. He's saying because we're to be holy as God is to be holy. Hey, and because God who cannot lie. Because God is, knows everything the beginning from the end. Because God is, uh, is faithful even when man's not. And because God always keeps his promises. Our job is to respond by living holy because we know one day he's coming back to get us. And praise God for that. He always fulfills it. So many promises were made about the first coming of Jesus Christ. Fulfilled. They say over 300 of them were fulfilled in his birth alone. But he's promised he's coming back again too. And we get to go if we know him by faith to a wonderful place called heaven. By the way, he didn't save us just for the reason of going to heaven. That's next week and I'm going to not have time to do this next point. So we'll leave it there. But If he saved us just so we could go to heaven, then we would have went to heaven after we got saved. Right? But that was that, 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 That's a side benefit. He saved us so that we would tell others about him by being holy as he is holy. That's the context. Man forgets promises, but God never does. And he will fulfill his promise to save your soul if you come to him by repentance and faith. Galatians 3.22 says this, But the scripture hath concluded, all are under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Titus 1.2, In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. If you want to live one of the most miserable depressive existence lives today then put your trust in man and I promise you this they'll break your heart almost every time but boy you want to live a joyous a life full of joy hope and faith put it in God because he will never fail you how many of you know that song Jesus never fails anybody know that one Tell why I don't, they didn't invite me to be in the quartet. <laughs> then they'd have two old men and two young, two young pups and 
a non-singing preacher. You know, I don't know what that'd be too long of a name, but anyway. But Jesus never failed. You might as well get behind me, Satan, because you're not going to prevail. Because Jesus never failed. Can I conclude with this? We've heard all our lives, don't put your eggs all in one basket. How many of you heard that? Terrible advice. You better put your eggs all in one basket. The basket of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection to save your soul. If you haven't done that, don't tell me I'm a Christian because I always believe. No. You don't, you don't truly put your full faith and trust in the full weight of him, believe, as in the Bible word believe, until you understand first who you are. And the Bible tells us clearly who we are. It says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says there's a payment due for that sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death and eternal separation from a holy God. That's why Jesus came and shed his blood and died for you and was buried and rose again. He took the punishment you and I deserve. Now he just said, if you will repent, change your mind about your sin, if you'll confess with your mouth, say the same thing that God says about Jesus, that he's Lord, that he is the Savior. And you will believe full trust and weight in your heart that thou shalt be saved. If you've never had a day where you did that, confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart because you understood you were a sinner and Jesus was the only Savior, then friend, you're not saved. I don't care what you think you've always believed. But you can be today. Get it settled today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, I pray that you'd have your will and your way in this invitation. And Lord, I pray that just this one, one principle today, Lord, that we would learn, Lord, to put our faith and our hope in God and not in man. Because Lord, you'll never fail us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You keep every promise. Lord, you never lie. Lord, you're always there. You know the beginning from the ending. You, ending, you know all things. And you do all things well. Father, again, have your will and way in this invitation, I pray in Christ's name. You'd stand with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room. Just want to ask this question. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But God put this little, that little thought on my heart pretty hard today. So there's probably, the way I understand God, that probably means there's somebody here that, that has that thought. If you're here today, and you just would be real, I mean brutally honest with this pastor and with your God. No one's looking around calling you out embarrassing you. But if maybe you had that thought, well, I'm going to heaven because I've always believed. Would you just be honest this morning, right now? Would you just lift your hand up and say, that's me. I thought it was because I've always believed. I mean, I've always believed in a God. But I've never repented, confessed trusted in his death, burial, and resurrection. Never understood my sin versus his holiness. If that's you today, listen, he wants to save you. I'm going to be right up front here. You can come. I sure love to take this Bible and show you how you can know for sure that heaven's your home. Christians, can I ask you this? How often do we get caught putting our faith in man? You want to get, let me give you a sign on how you can know that. 
What do you fuss about the most? Now, you get all into politics. A lot of us do, right? And we're defending this side or that side. Yes, because you're putting your faith in a man. We, we, we get involved in the, the craziest stuff. And we just need to look up. Put our faith in the God who gave us this word, who saved our souls. Because he never changes. He cannot lie. He is faithful. Does all things well, knows all things. And never forgets his promises. Put your God, put your faith in him today and get it out of man. Let's okay soon. You have a need, you turn. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. And just because these truths are true, while He's His we do often let people will, down, and He abides with us still. That shouldn't and be the with case. all who. Maybe you just need to stand there and pray and obey. ask God to help you trust to be more like God obey. to be more like God who never lies. No to be more like God who doesn't quit when it's finished. To be more like God who's faithful. Help us, Lord, to be more like trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise. Not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt nor a fear, not a sight nor a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toll trust in man, you'll get what man can richly repay. Trust in God, get what only God. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but it's blessed if we trust. And obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Our hearts clear this morning. How many of you agree we'd be better to trust God than me? All right. So let's just go about, let's go forth and go on that very thing. I'm going to ask my friend, Brother David Locke, would you close us in prayer this morning?